Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll chat with Remy Goslin with the Canadian Grain Commission. Up first in today's country comment, David Kaminsky with Manitoba Agriculture will join us to talk about what the rain means for crop disease issues. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us on the program today is David Kaminsky with Manitoba Agriculture to talk about what the rain means for crop diseases. Well, Corey, there probably aren't any immediate concerns uh, with the rainfall that we've just experienced. It had been dry for a long time before that. So, and plants crops are generally at a fairly early stage of development, uh, so I don't see many red flags right now. What are some things to look for? I noticed in the, um, in the crop pest update, um, blackleg was highlighted. Yes, the reason I spoke about blackleg was I had a question about uh, someone who is uh, practicing a pretty tight rotation with canola. They didn't specify how tight, but I imagine it's uh, canola two years after canola, that is a one-year crop break in between. And in the past, they had sprayed a fungicide at herbicide timing, that is while the plants are still in the rosette stage, um, to fend off or guard against blackleg. And was that warranted this year? Now, that was before the rains happened. Um, I would say there is an elevated risk of infection in that case. If blackleg had been present on the crop two years ago, um, then it is certainly there on the stubble from that crop, which hangs around for three or four years sometimes. So um, that is one instance, one case where a fungicide might be warranted at this time of year. Otherwise, we're waiting a little later into the season to see what diseases might be developing, say, on the cereal crops, or um, anticipating sclerotinia when canola is beginning to bloom. Um, there are many other crops susceptible to sclerotinia as well. And um, anticipating head blight when that can happen in our cereal crops. Now, none of the cereal crops uh, other than rye are heading right now. Um, winter wheat is probably going to next week sometime, and the spring cereals. A ways away. Many parts got got another shot of rain there last night. Um, just overall, what's what's that going to mean for the crops um, uh, going forward here? Well, rainfall always activates um, fungi that are living on plant residues. I guess it also can uh, activate and and move around by splash uh, bacteria. Um, last year, we had an issue with uh, bacterial stripe on wheat, and uh, that could become active again. There is a bacterial blight on oats. All of these uh, that I've mentioned um, can spread onto the developing crop, which is now healthy, uh, by the action of a rain splash. That was David Kaminsky with Manitoba Agriculture. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Crop disease pressure has been low so far this year due to the dry conditions. The recent rain may change that going forward. David Kaminsky is with Manitoba Agriculture. 
there probably aren't any immediate concerns with the rainfall that we've just experienced. It had been dry for a long time before that, and plants crops are generally at a fairly early stage of development, uh, so I don't see many red flags right now. The federal government has launched consultations for the next agricultural policy framework. The current Canadian Agricultural Partnership expires in March of 2023. Mary Robinson is president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. The recommendations are going to be focused on the high-level vision, the principles and priorities of the policy framework, and the real point of all this would be to inform the ministerial statement that we anticipate uh, this September, and that statement sets the direction for the multilateral and bilateral agreements that will follow. Consultations begin this month and will continue through the spring of next year. And Manitoba Agriculture says foliar insecticide applications for flea beetles and canola are widespread, with multiple foliar applications occurring in some fields. There are reports of receiving of canola because of flea beetle injury or flea beetles combined with other stresses from the eastern, northwest, and southwest regions. Grasshopper emergence is well underway. There have been some insecticide applications to field edges and pastures for grasshoppers. Some damage from cutworms was reported this week from the Inner Lake Central, northwest, and southwest regions. Wireworms causing thinning in wheat was reported from the central region. And a field of corn in the eastern region is planned to be reseeded because of wireworm injury. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Egg Wire for Friday, June 11th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler will have details on Canada's Farm Show. Canada's Farm Show goes virtual this year, June 16th and 17th. Glendalee Allen Vossler had an opportunity to talk with show host Sherilyn Jolly Nagel. Sherilyn, uh, let's start by talking about how producers can register for this year's event. As we said, it's virtual for the first time. After 43 years of the farm show, you know, I, I, I know for me anyways, it was something I did every June. My birthday happens to be right around Farm Progress Show. So I have spent many a birthday on the grounds at Farm Progress Show. But after all that happened uh, last year and having to cancel the show, they are moving forward with a, a really fantastic virtual program uh, with the goal to invite everybody back on the grounds next year. But I am quite excited as host of Canada's Virtual Farm Show Uh, to talk about the two days that are coming up here. So June 16th and 17th, registration is available at canadasfarmshow.com. Registration is absolutely free, and the program will be available on demand. So people's schedules are busy. Farm Progress Show back in the day was always right around spraying season, so everybody had kind of a last-minute schedule. So on demand is, is how we roll now. You'll be able to go on and check out the certain panels or speakers or areas of events that you'd like to check out and do that at your at your convenience, whether that's in the field or on your phone somewhere at a ball game or at home in the office. So trying to make it as convenient as possible for everybody to to register. You can do that online. Also, I'm looking in front of me at the official program that just came in the mail for Canada's Farm Show. There is a barcode right on the front page. So you can scan your phone over top of the barcode as well and register pretty easily. 
Now, as we said, Canada's Farm Show runs June 16th and 17th, Wednesday and Thursday next week. Each day has a theme. Yes, June 16th, the first day. The theme is around innovation and the state of the industry. So this is just a a wonderful day full of programming that talks about where we are today. So we have a, a, a president's panel, and we, so the presidents of various companies, I think there's four or five companies there that will talk about what it's like for them in agriculture today. There's, so there's a number of key speakers, but one of my favorite parts of day one with the innovations and state of the industry is the pioneers panel. I'm a big history buff. I love to talk about days gone by, the good old days, if you will. And I had an opportunity to moderate the Pioneers panel where we talked a little bit about uh, what agriculture used to be and also what, you know, the Farm Progress Show used to be and did a little bit of comparison about what the Farm Progress Show was like and what Canada's Farm Show looks like today. So that was that was fun for me. Uh, Yeah. So day one is innovations and state of the industry. Day two, Thursday, June 17th, is a focus on international business. Uh, trade also trade and export also happens to be you know a, a policy interest of mine so really strongly encourage those involved in the agriculture industry to check out day two where the focus is on international business we have several panels there uh, one in particular that that will kick off the day is the canadian technologies for export panel so we have uh, redicop raven pammy a number of panelists there that will talk about what it's like for Canadian technology to be exported. Can we continue to rely on Canada's reputation? Uh, What are some of the barriers that Canadian uh, developers of technology have to go through? Just an excellent uh, informative panel there and a number of great speakers throughout the day. I've been talking with Sherilyn Jolly-Nagel, the host for Canada's Farm Show. Canada's Farm Show goes virtual June 16th and 17th. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler. Continuing on today's Prairie Egg Wire, we're joined by Remy Goslin with the Canadian Grain Commission. As of August 1st, uh, 2021, canary seed will be designated as an official grain under the Canada Grain Act. And this is a major uh, development, particularly for producers uh, who will benefit from the same rights, uh, services, and protections on their canary seed crop as they do on other regulated uh, grains. And and some of these uh, rights and services include the right to have their canary seed assessed for grade and dockage uh, following um, official uh, grading standards at the time of delivery. It also means that they have the right to dispute their grains assessment at a licensed primary grain elevator at the time of delivery uh, through subject two. Um, a big one as well is uh, payment protections through the Canadian Grain Commission's uh, Safeguard for uh, uh, Farmers program. So uh, their transactions will be secured. And then finally, uh, they will also have access to no-fee quality assessments as part of the Canadian Grain Commission's uh, Harvest Sample program. So it's a major development today. And what uh, led to the change? Well, I think that, uh, you know, there were some very public um, uh, insolvencies and failures of uh, grain handlers, particularly in in Saskatchewan. And the last one that comes to mind is Ilta Grain. Uh, A couple of years ago, um, uh, 
2.1 million approximately of uh, canary seed transactions were left unsecured and producers unpaid. Uh, so there was uh, key concerns there. And in response to those concerns, the CGC con- uh, launched a consultation. And with support from the minister, we were uh, uh, able to uh, implement these changes. Why was canary seed left off this list previously? Well, well, uh, the Canadian Grain Commission looked at this issue about 15 years ago, I would say. There were a couple of consultations at the time, and there was just no consensus in the grain sector in terms of whether or not canary seed uh, should be uh, considered as an official grain. One of the key concerns there was added costs to the sector, but also that uh, canary seed was uh, more of a animal uh, feed type of grain and not necessarily essential to the quality assurance system. But this time around, uh, I, I think the sector came around. Uh, you know, there was 28 registered canary seed buyers in Canada, and 25 of them are also are already licensed by the Grain Commission. Uh, so, so additional costs to the sector would be minimal, and uh, it seemed to make a lot of sense to both uh, licensed grain companies and producers to move in this direction. Anything else to add here, Remy? The last point is to say that the, pro- the proposal is widely supported by grain producers. Uh, given that it would provide them with payment protection in the event of financial failures, and we're responding uh, to that concern. Will it impact farmers? You know, will they see any additional fees or anything? Or no, not directly. Like I said, uh, most uh, canary seed handlers in Canada are, are already licensed by the Grain Commission. There may be uh, a need for minor adjustments uh, to the security that's posted to the Grain Commission, but we're not uh, anticipating any significant costs. Uh, uh, compliance and administrative costs are expected to be uh, low. That was Remy Agoslin with the Canadian Grain Commission. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Bossler, I'm Corey Knute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Canada's Farm Show is going virtual this year, June 16th and 17th. Go to canadasfarmshow.com. And Egg in Motion invites you to join an online session entitled Getting On With Growing, Vigilance in Crop Care, June 23rd, starting at 9 a.m. Registration details can be found on the Egg in Motion website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, McCain Foods, the world's largest producer of French fries, just committed to limiting its climate footprint. Dr. Sylvain Charlebois is a food professor at Dalhousie University. I think it's a commitment towards uh, United Nations Sustainable Goals, focusing on, on, on using different uh, farming practices, uh, the way that natural resources are going to be managed uh, uh, is going to be very different. Uh, I think what happened this week was a call for change. Uh, I suspect that uh, McCain alerted uh, its suppliers uh, slash farmers before making an announcement. They do have nine years, so there's lot, lots of work ahead. But I think fundamentally uh, they're going to have to really think about what this commitment actually means for McCain's network overall. So they are set principles uh, in their announcements. Uh, but there, are, there were no metrics, there were no measurable metrics, and so that's going to be interesting to see how things unfold. What could this mean for, say, a farmer here in Manitoba? Well, when you think about uh, potato growing, you have to think about um, how uh, the soil is being treated and, 
And of course, no-till is a big issue, but uh, how do you actually no-till with potatoes? Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Water scarcity is going to be another big issue, I think, in Manitoba. As, I mean, this year is going to be a, a tough year. It's already, it already is a tough year. It's a dry summer already. And so water, access to water is going to be an issue, but you have to really think about where the water is coming from and how you're going to use it uh, or reuse it. Uh, so there's lots of that, lot of, lots of that going on uh, right now, and, and you have to think really strategically about, uh, about how you grow things uh, over time. So whether it's in Manitoba or elsewhere, in some parts of the country, uh, these challenges are going to be quite significant. And what about um, consumers? What, what impact will they see? Uh, I'm not sure the the consumers are going to be impacted all that much. I mean, it, it boils down to agribusinesses. Uh, uh, regenerative agriculture was kind of created to put aside this the, the cult of organic farming. Uh, it wanted to, I think, about a decade ago, it, it came about uh, to really put some seriousness to uh, to uh, sustainable agriculture in general. But it's still seen as an anti-agribusiness movement. Uh, but what's interesting over the last few months is we've seen major corporations like Pepsi, General Mills, and now McCain committing to regenerative agriculture, which is really uh, fascinating. And I think it boils down to, uh, to a shift in, uh, in philosophy, a shift in how you approach farming overall. So... So I think McCain is going to basically define uh, sustainable agriculture the way it wants to, and uh, and it will work uh, with its farmers uh, in a strategic matter in order for farmers to, you know, to make money. Uh, I think at the end of the day, if you actually squeeze your farmers too much, if you actually decrease yields and and you bring too much to bureaucracy, farmers won't be interested at all. So I think that McCain will be very careful with that. That was Dr. Sylvain Charlebois, a food professor at Dalhousie University. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Farmers haven't had many issues with crop disease so far this year. David Kaminsky with Manitoba Agriculture talked about the impact of the recent rain. Rainfall always activates um, fungi that are living on plant residues. I guess it also can uh, activate and and move around by splash uh, bacteria. Last year we had an issue with uh, bacterial stripe on wheat that could become active again. There is a bacterial blight on oats. All of these uh, that I've mentioned can spread onto the developing crop, which is now healthy by the action of, of rain splash. And the Canadian Agricultural Partnership expires in March of 2023. The federal government has launched consultations for the next agricultural policy framework. Mary Robinson is president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. Probably one of our biggest concerns is this kind of continued trend of the policy framework being required to do more with less money because we've seen such growth in the industry and we haven't really seen with the exception of the removal of the reference margin limit which we're really happy about uh, we haven't seen any new money brought into the uh, the envelope so 
Um, we're doing um, more and more with less and less because we haven't even seen them keep up with inflation. Consultations begin this month and will continue through to spring of 2022. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.